The Daily 202's Big Idea is supported by Battelle. For 90 years, the employees of Battelle have solved the world's most challenging problems, finding solutions and really big ideas. At Battelle, it can be done. Learn more at battelle.org 90. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, September 4th. In today's news, Walmart will stop selling handguns and certain kinds of ammunition. Michigan is the first state to ban flavored e-cigarettes. And ISIS women are imposing a brutal rule at a refugee camp in Syria. But first, the big idea. On September 3rd, 1939, England declared war against Germany, and Winston Churchill was invited back from political exile to serve as First Lord of the Admiralty and later Prime Minister in the war against Adolf Hitler. Eighty years later, to the day, Churchill's grandson was expelled from the Conservative Party for voting against embattled Prime Minister Boris Johnson on Brexit. Nicholas Soames, a member of parliament representing Mid-Sussex, was among the group of 21 conservative politicians who defied Johnson's wishes yesterday by voting for a motion that paves the way for Brexit to be delayed until 2020. Hours after the vote, a spokesman for 10 Downing Street said conservative MPs who didn't support the prime minister will, quote, have the Tory whip removed, meaning that they would not be allowed to stand as conservative representatives in parliament. The 71-year-old grandson of Churchill confirmed this in an interview last night with the BBC. After 37 years as a Conservative member of Parliament, I voted against the government three times in 37 years and I've had the whip removed. Uh, You know, uh, that's fortunes of war. I knew what I was doing. But I just believe that it's not, they're not playing straight with us. The expulsion of Soames marks a dramatic development in the increasingly fraught chaotic debate over Johnson's do-or-die plan to leave the European Union by Halloween, regardless of whether there's a plan on the table. Kevin Sullivan and Carla Adam report from our London bureau that without these 21 rebel MPs, the Prime Minister's Conservative Party has lost its voting majority in Parliament. Johnson has called for a snap general election, which will be discussed later today. Johnson's opponents want to avoid a hard Brexit, meaning leaving the European Union with no agreement in place to regulate trade, border security, and other critical issues. Analysts say a so-called no-deal Brexit would be economically devastating and lead to food and medicine shortages. Johnson dismisses these predictions as fear-mongering. The prime minister lost yesterday's procedural vote 328 to 301. That capped a humiliating day for the prime minister, who was appearing before parliament for only the second time since taking Britain's top job. He was heckled mercilessly as he defended his hardline stance. Indeed, as he spoke, conservative lawmaker Philip Lee dramatically crossed the chamber to defect to the liberal Democrats, explaining that Johnson's party has become, quote, infected with the twin diseases of populism and English nationalism. Lee's theatrical move stripped Johnson of his single vote working majority in the House of Commons, making it all but impossible for him to enact legislation and increasing his incentive to ask the nation's voters for a mandate. The new British leader has stoked anger with particularly hard-nosed tactics. He's even secured the Queen's approval to suspend Parliament for five weeks as the Brexit clock ticks down. In a sign of the economic uncertainty caused by the political turmoil, 
The British pound yesterday dropped to its lowest level against the dollar in 35 years. The expulsion of Soames, though, is a particularly ironic coda for Johnson, who has unabashedly stated throughout his career that Churchill is his hero. Johnson even wrote a fawning biography of the former prime minister back in 2014. He wrote, quote, Churchill was the greatest statesman Britain ever produced. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this hump day. Number one, Walmart will stop selling handguns and ammunition for military style weapons and will no longer allow customers to openly carry firearms at its locations following two deadly shootings inside its stores. The decision is a blow to gun rights advocates, some of whom have taken to showing up at Walmart locations the last few weeks carrying guns on their hips in the hope that the retailer wouldn't change its policy. In 2015, under pressure, Walmart stopped selling the military-style rifles that have become common in mass shootings, but it continued to own a large slice of the ammunition market, about 20% overall. The company says that share could now fall to as little as 6%. In announcing this move, Walmart's CEO, Doug McMillan, acknowledged the difficulty of the decision, referencing the string of shootings, including another one this weekend, and his own history of growing up in a hunting culture. But he added, quote, the status quo is unacceptable. The Kroger supermarket chain also told customers yesterday to stop openly carrying firearms in its stores. And we're learning more about the latest mass shooting from Odessa, Texas. The gunman in that rampage, which left seven dead on Saturday, obtained his assault-style rifle through a private sale, which allowed him to avoid a federal background check that would have blocked him from getting a gun. He had tried purchasing a firearm, but was denied via a background check due to what authorities describe as a mental health issue. Private sales, which some estimates suggest account for 25 to 40% of all gun transactions, aren't subject to federal background checks in the United States. That's why Democrats want universal background checks, so that this wouldn't be able to happen. Trump initially said he wanted stronger background checks, but he backed off under pressure from the NRA. Number two, Michigan later today will become the first state in the nation to ban flavored e-cigarettes, a step that the freshman governor says is necessary to protect young people from the potentially harmful effects of vaping. Governor Gretchen Whitmer, a Democrat elected last November, said in an interview that the state health department found youth vaping constitutes a public health emergency. She complained that e-cigarette companies are using sweet flavors, including bubblegum and Fruit Loops, to hook young people on nicotine with long-term harmful consequences. Whitmer's move applies to retail and online sales of vaping products that use sweet and fruity flavors, as well as mint and menthol ones. It does not cover tobacco-flavored e-cigarettes. The governor also prohibited what she calls misleading descriptions of vape products as clear, safe, and healthy. She ordered the enforcement of an existing ban on using billboards to advertise for e-cigarettes. Whitmer's order comes amid a recent spate of serious lung illnesses, including one death, that have been linked to vaping. Studies show that vaping products contain a variety of chemicals and metal particles whose long-term health impact is unknown. Nicotine also affects the developing brain, and research indicates that young people who vape are more likely to start smoking regular cigarettes. Number three, half a year after the territorial defeat of the Islamic State, the vast sprawl of tents at the Al-Hal refugee camp in Syria is becoming a cauldron of radicalization. 
about 20,000 women and 50,000 children who had lived under the caliphate are now held in dire conditions at this camp, which is operated and guarded by 400 U.S.-supported Kurdish troops. With the men of ISIS imprisoned elsewhere, the women inside the fences of Ahal are reimposing the militant group's strictures and forcing them upon those deemed impious with beatings and other brutality, extending what residents and camp authorities call a reign of fear. We sent two reporters into the camp inside Syria to investigate what's going on. They talked to 14 people with direct knowledge of the conditions that described mounting anger, violence, and fanaticism growing amid the squalor. Several guards have been stabbed recently by women who concealed kitchen knives in the folds of their robes. Women are threatened for being in contact with lawyers who might be able to get them out or for speaking with outsiders. A pregnant Indonesian woman was murdered, apparently after speaking to a Western media organization. Images of her body suggest she might have been whipped. A 14-year-old girl was beaten to death, first about the torso and then strangled on the neck after saying she didn't want to wear the black face covering that's worn by ultra-conservative Muslim women. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, September 4th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.